Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, we'll talk baseball with Seabass. Our news is presented by our good friends at Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Please call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt starts a three-game baseball series with Kentucky at Hawkins Field. That series will be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This is the regular season finale before the tournament in Hoover next week. Thursday and Friday night game times, 6.30 in each instance, and Saturday's game is at 2. All games will be shown on the SEC Network Plus, which means you'll need to access that through the ESPN app. Seabass appears on the guest line presented by my friends Scott and Missy Tannen at Bowling Branch. You have heard me rave about their sheets for years. I would encourage you to try them for yourself. Go to BowlingBranch.com, enter the promo code Vandy. You can get $50 off your first set of sheets. You can also return them within 30 days if you like, but you won't want to. Sleep on them and you will see why I love them so much. They are made of 100% organic rain-fed cotton. I don't know why that makes a difference, but it does. I've slept on them every night for about seven years, and I notice a huge difference when I sleep on those sheets in my home versus when I go somewhere else and sleep on someone else's sheets. It's just not the same. They get softer with every washing. Try Bowling Branch sheets today and thank me later. Seabass joins us today from his perch in Jackson, Tennessee, where he's got Multiple daily radio shows, but he's ours right now for a few minutes as we do an abbreviated podcast. My man, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, you know, on Fridays they now have, have it doing three live shows. That's eight hours of on-air time. Living the dream, sir. Living the dream. When you are in sports media, you just have to do basically all kinds of stuff to make a living. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, of course, the sports side of things for me is about half of it, you know. I mean, I know I'm the sports director to have a sports show, but I also kind of have, do variety stuff uh, uh, show-wise as well. But, you know, we don't we always go back to our first love, Chris? Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're in this because we, we usually like it most, most days, most of the time, most years. <laughs> It's been, it's very rare that I go in like, you know, I go in every night at six o'clock to do my sports talk show. It's very rare that I go in there and I don't feel like it's my first time in there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I never know what's coming and I love that. Well, I'll tell you what I love. Tournament time in NCAA baseball and SEC baseball. Yeah. I'm going to be in Hoover yeah. next week for a while. I don't think I've been down there since. Man, I want to say 2015 or 16. I think it was 2015 was the last time I was in Hoover. You know, let, let me, I'm going to say something, Chris. And when I say this, and, I, and people are going to be like, eh, but you're not going to change the way that I feel. And it has clearly worked out fine for Vanderbilt as we have two, st- two national titles uh, in the last, what, six, seven years, Chris? So yeah. It's clearly worked out, but honestly, I can't stand Hoover. It's not Hoover itself. It's the SEC tournament. 
Really? I, I just, I just, oh, it's, no, no, don't get me wrong. I love the tournament. I don't love it for us. I yeah. I mean, we're going to host a regional. We're going to be, at bare minimum, we're going to be a one seed, you know, uh, and host a regional no matter what happens in, in at Hoover. And the only thing that we can serve to do is tax those arms. I'm completely uninterested in Hoover. It's great. You know, it's nice to be able to say, hey, we won the SEC tournament, SEC champs. That is wonderful. I got bigger fish to fry, and they're not in Hoover. And to me, all that's going to do – now, for teams who need to bolster a resume, I got it. I hear you. I feel you. For us, to me, and Tim, Tim, Tim Corbin – I almost said Tim Tebow. Good grief. Tim Corbin would probably say, you're an idiot, and that's fine. But, I, I, I mean, and you're not going to turn it, can't turn it down, but, I, I mean, I can't stand us being in it when we don't need it. No, and we're talking two different things, right? I'm the guy that loves to go down there and just watch everybody. I think you get a really good understanding of the league and how good it is. And you see players, like, I especially like seeing teams and players that I didn't get to see come to Hawkins Field or didn't play Vanderbilt. Now, I watch everybody, right? I mean, my TV is on sure. a lot of SEC baseball during the weekend. Uh, I've got two TVs in the bonus room, and I've usually got one eye on Vanderbilt and kind of glancing, well, both eyes on Vandy usually, and kind of glancing at whoever else is on during commercials and whatever else. But th- that's just a lot of that's me. I'm a baseball junkie by nature. But – what you're talking about for Vanderbilt and what is good for them next week, I could not agree more. I've never been a big fan of just go down there and lay down because you've heard Tim Corbin say before, the best way to train for winning tournaments is to win tournaments. And I agree with him in a lot of ways, but this year is just so different because of the injuries and pitcher fatigue and uh, by the way, of course, Carter Young now sounds like he's got a dislocated shoulder, so I'm guessing we don't see him this weekend or in Hoover. Uh, it sounds like the timeline for that a lot of times is maybe three or four weeks. And, you know, of course, at Vanderbilt, you've got an advanced training staff and, and lots of other stuff, and thankfully for him it wasn't his throwing arm. But I think that's another one that you, you rest, that you weren't thinking about resting 24 hours ago because that wasn't a deal at all. So... I'm with you. To me, it doesn't really matter if they go and, and lose two and, and head home. You might want to get some other things out of it with your pitching and get some guys some productive innings and build them some confidence and maybe get a hint of what they can do going forward. But, yes, I agree with you. I think that for Vanderbilt, I don't ever remember an SEC tournament that in a lot of, a lot of ways will have meant less to them than the one they're about to play. Yeah, I mean – and now, and in some cases, look, if a guy's coming off of an injury and he need, he needs uh, you need you need to see where he's at before regionals and all those, those are great, those are wonderful. I'm just big picturing really, and it's really not the whole as a, the team as a whole as it is those arms in the rotation. You know what I mean? I I just it's I don't call it unnecessary, but it's I mean it's I mean innings are innings, right, Chris? You know, I I just don't want to put six or seven arms uh, on an, on a Innings on an arm that I know I'm going to need for my ultimate goal. That's all. I mean, I, I, you know, again, it's there's it's a fluid deal. I just don't like it. I, I'm for for this team. I know what they are. You know what they are. For me, I'd be just fine running there, 
play ball, play ball, you know, play hard. I understand, but uh, trust me, if we were there for a cup of coffee and back getting ready for a regional, I'm quite okay with that. I wonder if this is the year that you won't see a team that plays on day one win the whole thing. And South Carolina would probably be my pick. Of course, yeah. we're still like a yeah, week away from starting, but because I think that, okay, Vandy, we know the deal, right? Uh, Arkansas, they are the, the whole thing that everybody up there is worried about is pitching because they've got a super reliever named Kevin Copps who's just pitching out of his mind and, and throwing five, six innings every weekend. You aren't very good in the starting rotation at Arkansas behind him. Old Miss has got pitching pitching issues. I don't know how Tennessee will approach it. Mississippi State, uh, they're not getting great starts out of their Sunday guy, whoever that is from week to week. Their bullpen has faltered a bit lately. I just wonder, and you see this, right, with the injuries in Major League Baseball, which is just unbelievable, the pace at which players and premier players are falling. I wonder if you won't have a lot of teams that just in the back of their head are going, you know, if, if we go two and in, in queue, then then we're good. They're never going to admit it publicly, and that would be bad for the league. But I have a feeling that some of the teams that are on the fringe and maybe in Alabama and a Georgia or a Kentucky with more to play for than normal, which a lot of times, or, or I think this time yeah. at least, how they play in there, picking up two, three wins might determine whether they get into the NCAA tournament. I wonder if this won't be the year that you maybe even see a couple of those teams in the finals, given the injury situations everywhere else. Yeah, you know, maybe so. And, uh, you, you know, I understand what you said when you said the league wouldn't like that, wouldn't be good for the league. You know what is good for the league? Four, four teams in Hoover. You mean Omaha? Excuse me, excuse me, Omaha, yes. Four teams in Omaha. Now, that is far better than any preconceived notion about what some of these teams think about the tournament in Hoover. You know, that that's just me. You know what's going to be interesting? Skipping ahead just a little bit, and we'll get back to Vanderbilt. I'm going to be really interested to see how the Big Ten and the ACC perform because those teams didn't play a lot of teams out of conference. In fact, the Big Ten didn't at all. Uh, you're going to see teams, I think for the Big Ten, the RPI won't matter at all. You're going to see teams, you know, 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 in the RPI get in, uh, and people are going to go, what? Well, the issue is going to be that Big Ten didn't play anybody else, so the RPI is, is really skewed because you have no point of reference outside the league. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how those teams match up, especially against the SEC, and you know good and well there's going to be a lot of Probably you would well you would think a lot of ACC SEC matchups in in regionals and supers. I, I imagine that would absolutely be the case. So yeah, I don't know. This is going to be uh, first of all just super stoked that we're having this tournament this year that we're having college baseball. Uh, but I mean, there's going to be just so much. This is this is going to be one of the most interesting World Series, I think. And, and I shouldn't, I don't want to jump that far ahead. Heck, the whole deal, the regionals, super regionals, and Omaha. I mean, I just don't know. Look, I, I think that there is, having seen pretty well the t most of the teams that have a real shot here, especially in the Southeastern Conference. You know, Arkansas is the number one team in the country, but 
I mean, to me, I just, I don't, you know, and even us, you know, even us, I just don't know that there's that team that you say, well, you know, you better hope you don't end up against them. You know, this is the team uh, that somebody's going to have to be. And and the reason I say that is because, you know, okay, Kumar is not as dominant as he was at the beginning of the season. Jack clearly isn't. Um, And behind that, we, you know, we're kind of like anybody else. I mean, having a third arm, a third true one in college baseball is darn near impossible. I think, who, who was it? Who was it that did it a couple of years ago? Was it UCLA? You know, when, when, when they when they were trotting out Bauer and uh, who, am I, who am I not thinking of? Who's the other one? Bauer and Cole? Yeah, yeah, Garrett Cole. You know, ha- having that is it's, it's just tough to do. And when you got to and, and when you got to use them. You know, and you got to get real, real creative. You got to have that depth. I felt like Oregon State was pretty good at that a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, you that know, team they, was they that were, was a super team. They yeah. were so complete. I mean, they beat our butts because they were just that much better than us. You know, I mean, I don't know if we played that bad, but they were just way better than us. I don't know that that team exists because if you tell me that Arkansas was absolutely one hundred percent the team to beat. Um, I say I, I just don't know, and I know that series, and I know it was heated, and it was an interesting series. But you know, you look at that series in Knoxville last week, and it doesn't look like. And of course, I know Tennessee was a top five team coming to that series, but that team didn't. Th- th- I couldn't tell a whole lot of difference between those two teams. This season of the podcast presented by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. Jody runs a dental practice unlike anything you have ever seen. Go see him at Fifty Five Music Square East in Nashville. Jody is the guy that all the stars in Nashville go to. Movie stars, music stars, coaches, athletes. He treats his patients in a spy-like atmosphere. You've never seen anything like it. Again, you have to go to see it yourself. Jody is Nashville's number one cosmetic dentist. He also does general dentistry services. Jody is a former Commodore football player and a big football booster. Go tell Jody that you heard about his business on the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thank him for his support. Without it, this season of the podcast would not have been possible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was a series that went down to the wire. I I think Vandy's team to beat. I mean, honest to God, sitting right here right now, presuming they get health. And I know you talked about Rocker just being uh, good but not great. I've had some people observe that he looks a little bored. And I was talking to somebody that's pretty close to that team last night. I threw that out there, and, and I just kind of got a head nod at that. Um, you know, That's a kid who, he's going to crank it up when it matters. I don't know that they're getting 100% Kumar Rocker right now. Go back and look. He did not two years ago in the regular season on a bang, but my goodness, NCAA tournament hit, he flipped the switch that never flipped back off again. And Leiter, last weekend, looked about as good as he's looked all year, excepting the Carolina game. And there were some yeah. blips there uh, with control early. But, I mean, even when Jack was dominating, you saw that. So, I think that you, if I've sized it up correctly, and time will tell, that they are the team that I do not want to play more than anybody. No, oh, by the way, I think their lineup is really underrated. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. But I, I, I found that that wording interesting about, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not about being bored. 
Because I understand. I understand what you mean by that, and I understand the concept. But like, the, was it two bombs he gave up in Oxford in that game, or one? I know one of them was utter bomb. He, he gave up, up two, two, but I don't know that either of those get out at Hawkins Field. At least one of them doesn't. I don't think. Maybe I'm misremembering, but that second one may not have got out of Yellowstone. I'd agree with that, but. Uh, I mean, did he did he give those up because he was bored? You know, because the Cremar Rock at the beginning of the season, you couldn't touch him. You couldn't even get anywhere near him. I mean, it was just utter filth. And he can still do that, by the way. I'm not. There's no criticisms here of him. And maybe it is as simple as that because it's not a mechanical thing. I mean, he he can repeat his delivery over and over and over with the same, same success. Uh, but I need more than that. You know. I mean, because let's just say you're right. What is it that you're bored with? Oh, look, I think when you've been there and done that in the NCAA tournament in, in Omaha and you're talked about as the number one pick, I don't know that – and I'm I'm not being critical of him, right? But I don't know right, right. That, no, not at all, for sure. that playing Georgia or Alabama on a Friday night does it for you. <laughs> the way that those other things do. And I'm trying to find his game log, right, from his freshman year because, I mean, it was it was a stark difference between as soon as the regular season ended, and, and that included Hoover. I think I want to say he had a maybe a four-strikeout game against LSU in the SEC tournament. And, look, he's a kid who can – who can pitch you different ways, right? Because there's some nights where it's slider, fastball, Kumar, where he just is going all out, and God help you. Uh, when it's on and he's got his control, you're not going to hit him. And there's other times where he will give up some contact, and a lot of times it's fly balls. And, of course, in a place like Hoover, uh, you know, those you've got to really sock it to get out of there. Okay, I, I found his game log. This is from his freshman year, okay? He goes, he strikes out 10 on April the 26th against Auburn. He's got one, two, three more SEC starts from that. He doesn't strike out more than 10 again. In fact, that Auburn game was his first 10 strikeout game of the year that season. In Hoover, he goes five innings against LSU, gives up one run. He only strikes out two. Indiana State... He goes six and two-thirds, strikes out eight, doesn't walk anybody. Then, of course, the Duke game where he strikes out 19. Mississippi State, he strikes out six and six innings. That was a team that really put the ball in play a lot. And then he strikes out 11 um, in six and a third against Michigan. So it may not be quite as pronounced as I thought, but you know, we've seen this from him before where he looks good but not great, and then he just sort of hits a new level when he needs, because what he gave up, he gave up three runs in the NCAA tournament and four starts, and all those win at least six innings. Here's a question for you. The Kumar Rocker that threw the, the no-hitter, what was it, Chris, in a super regional? No, it was a regional, wasn't it? No, it was a super regional, and it was an elimination okay, game. Yeah. Okay, right, right. That guy right there compared to the guy in Oxford. Now, I know the results were different. I, I get that in those games. But how much better is the guy that was in Oxford last week than the guy who threw the no-hitter in Super Regional as a pitcher overall? 
Oh, man. I, I don't think you can write the final chapter until postseason's done. I think that in terms of results, he's a lot of the same guy that he was in that. Well, no, that's not true because he's gone deeper into games. He's better. He's more durable over a season. And he's also got that changeup that he didn't use two years ago. He just said, here's the slider, here's the fastball. God help you when he tried to hit it, and that was good enough, right? The change when he locates it, which I think sometimes is an issue, I mean, that's considered a plus pitch. And I, I think, I want to say he's he's cutting his fastball at times, uh, or maybe I'm thinking a lighter, but I, I think Kumar's done that too. So I think he is, I think he's a more complete pitcher right now. I, I don't know that it's shown as much in the stats, but I think he's a better guy. Now, again, um, when you just needed to wind him up and have him go, he had two pitches then that were more than good enough. And and I'm thinking, as a pitcher and a pitching coach, right, your goals in Omaha right. are different than they are for Kumar Rocker in terms of, of signing a major league contract, right? In other words, if, right. if you are throwing postseason – you don't want him screwing around with a changeup at that point if he's not comfortable throwing it because one bad pitch and your season's done. So that's a really complicated answer, but I think it's sort of a complicated question too. Oh, it is, and it was meant to be so. You know what I'm a little worried about is, and we'll see what happens, but I just, I'm just i a little worried that one of those two players is going to end up in Colorado. You know, and... I just, you know, just like my, my boy Ryan Rollison, you know, I called some of his high school games here at USJ. He's in AAA Albuquerque now. Uh, now, can you imagine a front of the rotation, you know, guys like, uh, I don't know, John Gray, Ryan Rollison, and Kamar Rocker. That would be a great start. But, I mean, if, if either one of those guys end up there, you know how it goes for pitchers there. You really think one of those guys is going to fall out of the first seven picks? Colorado is one of the worst teams in baseball. They're going to be in the top two or three. No, they're picking eighth. The order's set. Man, forgive me. I'm sitting here thinking about this. But you see why it threw me off. I was like, okay, 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 never mind, never mind. Then scratch all of that because you're you're 100% right, of course. I was thinking about where they were placed right now, and I was like, ah, dude, they're – yeah, hey, moron, they do it based on last year. <laughs> yeah, draft order just for, for the interest of folks out there. Pirates, Rangers, Tigers, Red Sox, Orioles, Diamondbacks, Royals, Rockies, Angels, Mets is your top ten. Yeah, I mean, look, generally the top players don't generally go to the best teams in baseball uh, in the draft. I understand how it works. I, I, honestly, I'm glad you told me that because I'd been thinking about that for a couple of days, but it just wasn't registering with me. And, and nothing against Colorado, but I really don't want to see either, either one of those guys land there. And the good news is they won't. Yeah, well, one of them could land at the Red Sox. Uh, you know, the way that organization is run and spins, you know, you, you could see a – one of those guys wearing a World Series ring. Now, I, I don't think Lighter will fall to four. Kumar might. I still wouldn't bet out of either of them getting out of the top three. Which is amazing. You know, I mean, of course, they suffered for it last year. But, you know, they've already turned it around. You know? <laughs> so, so if one of them goes there, they're already going to be going to a, an organization that's already uh, firmly entrenched. I mean, they got things turned around and headed in the right direction. 
and they don't have to go out there and be uh, an ace before a one before they're ready, especially if they don't have one stuff, but they both do. So uh, it's cool. I'm just, man, I'm so glad you said that to me, man. I'm telling you, I've been thinking about that literally for about the past week thinking, man, you know, one of these guys is going to end up somewhere and it's going to, they're going to look a lot worse than they really are. Now, look, if one of them winds up in Colorado at this point, my worry is something bad happened with health between now and then, because otherwise I can't yeah, think of a I reason. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah right. that, that, that's not going to happen. Outside, outside of just utter, just bombing in these regionals and hopefully super regionals and hopefully beyond that, outside of bombing, there's no reason for them to. I just don't see – I don't think there's four or five players – who are going to be able to up their stock and pass them. I'm not saying they're going one and two. I don't think they will. But both of them dropping out, or really even either one of them dropping out of the top four, at least for my money, is probably pretty unlikely at this point. Yeah. Did you see the start he threw against Alabama two weeks ago? Uh, I did not see that one. Well, that was one with the first three innings. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm taking notes on everything because I'm thinking this is going to be another no-hitter that I'm watching and maybe a perfect game. Um, and, and then I don't, I don't know if he just got – and, again, I'm not throwing stones at the kid, right? I think he's a tremendous pitcher. Uh, but I, I don't know if he just – because, look, baseball is a, is a grind, right? You, you don't go – you can't go max effort all the time. You you know, not, not just for the game that you're playing, but for the weeks ahead. And, and he knows better than anybody after being through a College World Series – what that's going to be like. But I wonder if he just got to the fourth and said, hey, I know what my 100% effort's going to be, but you know, can I take a little bit off or, or try this or try that or something? And, uh, and from the fourth inning on, he got hit. It was just weird because like, they didn't have a prayer against him, right? And, and, right. and maybe, maybe there was a tip pitch, or, or maybe, maybe Alabama just hit him for whatever reason. But it, it was really strange. That's the, I've said this before, but that was the weirdest outing I, I think I've ever seen anybody at Vanderbilt throw. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. But, I, yeah, it's not a cause for concern. There's some positions and some sports that you don't have that luxury. You can't scale back. But, in, you know, as a pitcher, especially a frontline pitcher, Sometimes that's that's the smart play. Yeah. I'm I'm really not worried. My biggest concern with them was could they get lighter, you know, through 70, 80 pitches and, and was he gonna look good? Um, you know, because if he went sixty five pitches and, and wound up with with six walks and, and a hit batsman, that would have been concerning. But that line and the way that he dominated with two pitches at different times was enough to really make me feel better about what's going forward. Now I will give you a wild card for this year. And I asked Tim Corbin about it today. We're recording this Wednesday and this will air Thursday. Hugh Fisher's the guy that I'm watching now because I asked him specifically about Hugh who was not thrown a lot this year. I, I think frankly, he's been almost criminally underused but Tim Corbin, when I asked him, he didn't duck the question. He said, you know, he's been throwing better. He's been more confident. You're going it sounded like I'm paraphrasing, you're gonna see him a lot more going forward. Now, look, there's gonna be some days where Hugh Fisher walks the bases loaded. Uh, but at some point you've got to put the ball in play against him. And people are having a devil of a time doing that. Mm. 
you know, I know you got a role. So at the end of the day, the one thing that I will say is this. We haven't even mentioned there is something that Vanderbilt has that no other team in the SEC or anybody they're going to face in the regional supers or in Omaha have. Vanderbilt has something they don't. You know what that is? I, yeah, I'm, it's not coming to me. Oh, that's cool. Tim Corbin. <laughs> oh, well, yes, there, there, there is that. <laughs> don't overthink it, brother. Don't 50 overthink scholarships. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, Starkville. Uh, calm down. No, it's not our fault y'all lost to Missouri. I'm going to throw oh, one, an, one anecdote in here, okay? And I'm, I'm going to leave the player nameless, and I'm going to also – not be very descriptive about anything else regarding this player, but th- there was a certain player who was a very, very, very key member of that 2019 national title team who I think could have gone to several other SEC schools for free, and that family was paying around 50 grand out of pocket. So uh, people can say what they want, but, uh, you know, it's – it's not that, but I mean, I think if people listen to this podcast, they probably know that by now, but um, right. I just thought would I'd you throw mind, that in. Would you mind giving that family my cell phone number? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> anything else before we go tonight? I'm hungry. There's a Jenny's around the corner here. I know, I know. Did you try that Dolly Parton flavor? No, what is that? Uh, it's uh, some kind of raspberry jam or something like that, and strawberry jam and some other stuff. I think they're doing it to raise money for for some foundation. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, it might be that. What What does she do? What What does Dolly do? Like she has she has a yeah she's like got that? a reading foundation. My kids got the books from her foundation till they were I think six or seven. It's it's, it's a really good it. thing. Yeah. It's a literacy thing. Yeah, it's some kind of deal. I, they don't have – that may be what it is. Uh, they, they don't have it here at the store that carries Jenny and the pints. But, uh, no, I hadn't had a chance to have that. No, sure hadn't. Well, my man, I've got to run. Give your info on the way out, Twitter, shows, all that good stuff. Sure, man. You can find me on 101.5 in Jackson, Tennessee, coming up in about an hour and a half. Uh, well, I think. Don't make that two and a half hours. Uh, 6 o'clock p.m. on 101.5. You can find me on Twitter at, at CheapSeatsVast. All right. Thanks, my man. Hey, thanks, Chris. For, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> it, it's good to have you. All right. He is Seabass. I'm Chris Lee. Thanks for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast. We'll be back with more of these next week.